Hello and welcome to the Feminine Genius Podcast. This is a podcast that celebrates all women of God and their unique genius. I'm your host, Rachel Wong. I remember first encountering Hannah Mark's Instagram account and instantly falling in love with the photos of her daughter. And as I followed her account, I learned so much about their story. In particular, the struggles with infertility and how Hannah and her husband Chris became parents to Amelia through adoption. Through her platform, Hannah has been an active voice in sharing her story and helping other folks who might be in a similar situation. And through that, she's seen the ways that she's grown as a mother, both physically by adoption and spiritually. In this episode, Hannah and I talk about her challenges that she had with infertility, how she became a mother by adoption, and why she feels it's important for her to speak up about these very difficult conversations. Hello, Hannah. Hi, Rachel. How are you doing today? I'm doing really well. How are you? I'm doing so great. Thank you for joining me today. Can you introduce yourself and share with our listeners what it is that you do right now? Sure. My name is Hannah. I'm a wife. I'm a mom through adoption. I'm from Louisiana, born and raised in Louisiana. My husband's from here also, both from small little towns. I'm from way, way, way deep South Louisiana, and my husband's from a little further north. So we live closer to central Louisiana now, and it's where I grew up, and I love it here. I I would never leave Louisiana. (laughs) (laughs) Right now, my life is basically just stay-at-home mom life, raising a baby, which is what I always wanted and hoped and dreamed of doing. It's not super glamorous, but it's fun. It's what I've always wanted to do. Ah, so wonderful. Thank you so much. And perhaps maybe for our listeners who are unfamiliar with you, because I know that I met you through your Instagram, Little Way of Joy, such a beautiful story that you shared with your followers. And I was wondering if you could share with us a little bit about your faith journey and how you've gotten to where you are today. Sure. So I was born and raised Catholic. I've never strayed from my faith. I always had a very strong faith. And growing up, I was homeschooled. My mom taught us about the faith. She brought us to church on Sundays. My dad was Catholic. We come from a big Catholic family, and our faith was central to our lives. It didn't change when I went off to college. It didn't change when I got married. I married someone who was also very strong in his faith. And I never knew what it was like to have my faith tested until we started down the infertility road. We got married and like good little Catholics did our marriage prep and our NFP classes. And we were super excited to start our family. And about a year into trying to conceive, nothing was happening. We did testing, we did pills, we did this test and that test and these shots and those shots and nothing was happening. And basically we were told that we almost had zero chance of conceiving naturally. And little did we know I was already pregnant (laughs) when they told us that. So I got pregnant in December of 2016 
And in January of 2017, about three weeks after I found out I was pregnant, I miscarried. And that is when my faith truly felt very unstable because coming from someone who has such a strong Catholic background, and I truly believe that God is love and God is good and he wants what's best for us. I couldn't wrap my head around how that same God that I knew and loved could allow my baby to die. Mm. I mean, it, it completely shook my faith. It shook my husband's faith. And it took seven or eight months before I could bring myself to look at the crucifix at mass, before I could bring myself to pray the rosary or communicate with God in any way that wasn't, how could you do this? Why did you let this happen to us? After all this time of trying and we did everything right and we did everything that you asked us to do, why would you take our baby away? And just after what would have been my due date, which was September 11th of 2017, I realized I couldn't fight God anymore. I couldn't keep going being angry at God. And I read something by St. John of the Cross about the dark night of the soul and how when we suffer, God suffers with us and he's there with us. And when it feels like it's so dark that we can't see God, it's really because he's so close to us that we're blinded by his light. It completely changed my perspective. I stopped trying to fight God and stopped being angry at him and let him love me instead of pushing him away. Because all those months I thought, I just felt like, God, why are you so far from me? While I'm kicking and screaming at him, why are you so far from me? Why can't I feel you? Why would you let this happen? Why do I feel so alone? And I just gave in and I just let him love me and just suddenly realized he was always right there. He was just waiting for me to let him love me again. And since then, my trust in him has just increased dramatically because I've come to understand I don't, it doesn't have to be perfect. My life doesn't have to be perfect and things don't have to go the way I think that they should go for them to be going the way God wants them to go. And it brought me so much peace and so much joy, true joy to come to that realization. My faith life has been so much stronger since then. What a powerful witness and testimony to, I feel like it's the struggle of suffering Mm -hmm. and the universality (laughs) of it. And of course, the uniqueness of your own journey when it comes to, at the heart of every woman, we desire to be mothers and we are called to be mothers. And to have that altered, I guess, or changed, because at the end of the day, here you are now with a a wonderful baby, which we're about to talk about. But certainly, I can't imagine just what that must be like to go through. It was very difficult. But we have a little saint in heaven. And I, I am very confident that our first baby brought us to our second baby. I am very confident in that. (laughs) I asked for her intercession many a night. 
Wow. Just before we talk about this beautiful baby that you do have, the bundle of joy I think we were chatting about last time, maybe for those of us who are not quite there on the journey when it comes to womanhood and for those of us who may eventually be called to marriage and starting a family, we know about natural family planning or NFP. And what are the things that you learn in that and how did that shape your perception of motherhood when it came to learning about that? I learned so many things in NFP, but the most important thing that I learned was how perfectly designed our bodies are. I mean, we are perfectly, perfectly designed to bring life into the world. And what's so beautiful about NFP is that you get to see from literally one day to the next exactly how your body works. It goes way beyond just achieving or avoiding pregnancy. You learn when things are off. And if you have hormone imbalances, you learn about your body as a whole. Whereas with traditional contraceptives, you're literally altering what your biology is supposed to do. So NFP taught us the beauty and the sacredness and the gift of fertility. And how to use that gift responsibly and the responsible and still open to life way to postpone having children if that's what you need to do. And it brings a husband and wife together in a way that traditional contraceptive will not because you have to work together for NFP to work. I did all the charting, which was fine. But every day, Chris would ask, okay, what's it look like? What's it look like? And we both knew where I was in my cycle. We both knew what it was supposed to look like. When and when I found out I was pregnant, I knew because of NFP, because I said, huh, I had 16 days of a high temperature. That never happens. And lo and behold, I was pregnant. Wow. But I do think that NFP, when it's taught in this flowery, lovey-dovey, wonderful way, they do leave out the fact that a lot of people are going to struggle with infertility. Mm -hmm. And it was such a punch in the gut to us when I would look at my charts and everything would seem great and wonderful and perfect and we still couldn't get pregnant. And so that's something that I think needs to really be addressed in NFP classes, especially for those engaged couples, for people who have waited until they're getting married and are so excited about the prospect of starting their family. It's not something that's taught readily in NFP classes that, hey, you might struggle. You might have problems. These are the doctors that you can go to. This is what you can do. So I think that's an important thing to keep in mind too. Absolutely. Like you're saying, I think many couples, good Catholic couples, they are taking very seriously the catechism and just, you know, waiting until you are married to engage in intercourse. And and of course, to really bring together, you know, the two becoming one, but also procreation. I think in secular society and maybe even particularly in Catholic circles, it is very difficult for anyone to mention that they have miscarried or they are struggling. And I can imagine that it can be very isolating as well. Very much so, which is why I decided to start my blog last year because I kept telling my husband, there's no place for us. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like there was a place for us. Of course there was, but no one was talking about it. Nobody knew how to talk about it. Nobody knew how to talk about infertility 
so often we would get, oh, just relax. It'll happen. You're so young. It'll happen. And those things aren't helpful and they're not helpful coming from your church community, you know, (laughs) simply because it's still kind of taboo. You know, people don't know how to talk about it. And when you go to church and you see these beautiful young couples get married one day and it seems like you turn around the next week and they're pregnant and it's wonderful and beautiful, but it's very difficult and very isolating for those couples who can't conceive so easily or who have conceived and have lost the pregnancy. And when I started writing about it and started opening up about it, I knew that it was really important for me to make it clear to people who were in the same position as us that they weren't alone Mm -hmm. and that God didn't abandon them and that there is joy that can be found in your journey, even in the midst of suffering, because true joy comes from knowing that Christ loves you. Mm -hmm. True joy comes from knowing that you're doing God's will and doing your best to serve him and get to heaven. And when I started writing about it and started opening up about infertility and miscarriage, I got so many messages from women that I see in church every Sunday who I had no idea had exactly the same kind of struggles as us. And it was really beautiful to know that I truly was not alone, that in the pews in the same church I go to every Sunday, there were women and there were couples who experienced exactly the same things that we did. And it was very enlightening for me to realize that. Praise God for being the one to really bring to light this (laughs) issue that is common, but because it's taboo or because it's difficult to talk about, it seems uncommon. So thank you. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> My <Yeah>. pleasure. <laughs> and like I said, this is how I came to know about you was through Instagram. And, you know, I followed your account and a lot of listeners know about me. Like I am very, very far or who knows, maybe God will call me tomorrow. But at the moment, I feel very far from this vocation of motherhood. And I know that maybe God willing, he'll call me there one day. But it did provide me with some insight because I feel like we automatically assume that when you get married, you will get pregnant. But certainly that is not always the case. And I was really educated that day. I remember you did a very open and honest Q&A And the way that you responded to questions with love and willing to educate and willing to be vulnerable. And I learned so much about this and just recognizing that it's a gift in itself. It is something that perhaps God will call you to. But at the same time, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't mean that he's abandoned you. That was very powerful to learn about. And because you're on this public platform, like you said, you've been hearing from people locally What has the response been like outside of your immediate community? It's been very loving, very much the same as what I hear in the community. Just thank you so much for talking about this. Thank you so much for not being afraid to share your heart on those things. And I am afraid to share my heart on those things, but I'm glad it comes across as open because I do try really hard to be open and vulnerable because I did keep it inside for so long. And it was two years before people outside of our immediate family knew that I had miscarried. And talking about it was so powerful and so cathartic for me that I just wanted everyone to know. I wanted other people to know it was okay and you don't have to be ashamed of it and that your baby was real. And I think that's the most powerful thing that I've heard 
is my baby was real and my baby is remembered and loved and not forgotten just because nobody got to meet her. Right. And I heard someone say to me once, when they talk about the fact that they have miscarried. And of course, it's very unfortunate that you weren't able to meet her or him. But at the same time, recognizing that you did bring that baby to heaven. And now they have this very unique opportunity to intercede Mm -hmm. for you and your family. It brings a lot of peace to me. That's the goal of parenthood, right? Is to bring your children to heaven. So I guess we succeeded on the first try. (laughs) I hope we can do as well with Amelia. There you go. Thank you for that segue. Let's talk about Amelia because she is such a bundle of joy. I know I keep using that phrase, but I believe that that is true. And I am certain that for you and Chris, that is also the same. But do you mind sharing the story of how you came to adopt her? Oh, not at all. It was February of 2019 when we officially decided that we were going to start the process. And we had been talking about it and going round and round because we knew that we were going to adopt, but I was ready. Chris wasn't ready. And I just kept telling myself when it's the right time, Chris is going to be ready. We're not going to rush it. So in the meantime, I spent a lot of time messaging adoptive families on Instagram and just asking question after question and getting to know as much as I could. So in February of last year, Chris said that he was ready and we got started right away. And by the beginning of April, we were home study approved, which was very, very fast. And we were approved to work with a consulting agency. The way that works is they have access to expectant mothers and expectant couples all over the country at agencies all over the country. So we weren't working with just one placing agency, which meant that for us, we were able to present our profile book and present our story and our family to expected moms all across the country, which helps you to be matched more quickly. So in June of last year, on my birthday, we actually said yes to our first situation, which just meant that If this expectant mom chose us, we were going to go forward with the match. And she ultimately said no. She chose another family. And we presented, I think, to 10 expectant mothers within about six weeks. So we said yes to 10 cases in about six weeks. And it only took about six weeks for us to start feeling like, oh my gosh, we can't keep getting our hopes up. Because it was very hard to get our hopes up and have them dashed, just like with infertility. You know, it, it was the very much the same kind of feeling. So when we presented to Amelia's birth mom, we presented and we said, all right, we're not going to think about it. We're not going to worry about it. We told our consultant, yes, we want to have our profile book shown to her. And we forgot about it. Two days later, I got a call from our consultant. And she said, how do you feel about having a baby in September? And I lost my mind. (laughs) And that was a Thursday. And Chris was at work. And I didn't want to call him to tell him. So I had to wait all day for him to home from work (laughs) so I could tell him. But it took six weeks from the time we went active to the day that we were matched with Amelia's birth mom. And... We were matched eight weeks before her due date. And in those eight weeks, we texted back and forth and got to know each other a little bit more. 
and around the time of her delivery, she texted me and she said, I think y'all need to get over here because I'm in labor. And we got to meet her and spend time with her. And it was more than I ever thought that adoption could be. It was what I hoped and imagined that it could be, but not what I dreamed that it would actually be like. But it was really beautiful because we're going to be able to tell Amelia that we met her family, that we got to spend time with them, and just how very much she's loved not just by us, but by her birth family. It was the most beautiful experience I could ever imagine for adoption. I mean, to be honest, my understanding of adoption is very limited and maybe it's just like framed by what we see on TV or the movies. But I guess like what I can't wrap my head around is how quickly it is. I hear stories or I read about how sometimes this process can take years. Yes, Um, it can. Yeah, just because, you know, of course, like, I would hope that it's because it's in the best interest of this child who is going to be going to a family to be raised. And that's definitely not something to mess around with and whatnot. But I also am overjoyed at just how quickly it came together for you, because I think it really affirms the fact that you and Chris were always meant to be parents. And just the way it worked out, because my prayer had been, so in October of... 2018, I did the St. Therese Novena because St. Therese is my favorite. So I try to do her Novena every year. And my prayer request was, please let us have our baby in our arms by your feast day. Amelia was born on September 14th and the final relinquishments were signed the day after St. Therese's feast day. Wow. Amelia was with us. She was ours the day after St. Therese's feast day, which was incredible (laughs) because I told Chris over and over, oh my gosh, I prayed for this. I prayed for exactly this thing. And this is St. Therese delivered. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. God's timing is always perfect. And I just love hearing stories like that just because it's true. Uh Uh-huh. Oh my goodness. So what's it been like now that you've had Amelia for, I remember we talked a little while ago and you were mentioning that it had been seven months already. So now it's been a little longer that you've spent with her. How has it been? It has been glorious, actually. Motherhood is everything that I hoped that it would be and more. I'll look at Chris all the time and ask, what did we do before her? It's like she was just always there, always meant to be there. I've never been so exhausted, perpetually exhausted and worry all the time, but she's growing like a weed, learning so many new things. She's so smart. It has been amazing to watch this little human learn and pick up our personalities and to see her do things that are exactly like Chris or do things exactly like me and know that we don't share any biology at all, but we are so alike. It's not even funny. Wow. That's actually one thing that I totally overlooked. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Just the fact that, like you said, no biology shared and yet there's that deep, deep bond that is forged due to the fact that you spent so much time already loving her, caring for her. That's incredible. Wow. (laughs) In terms of any advice that you have for young couples 
anyone who may be going through something that you have gone through already. And now you can see the other side and you have that privilege of being able to look back and and understand maybe a little bit more as to how things happened and why things happened. What advice do you have for other young couples who may be in a similar position as you? To not give up hope and to not lose your trust in the fact that God has a plan for your life that's better than what you ever thought it could be. And to just remember that our joy comes from Christ and only through him. He has a beautiful plan for your life. Amen. Thank you, Hannah. And I guess just as we close as well, in terms of the feminine genius and seeing your personal feminine genius develop in your own life, how have you seen that happen and come about? I had to think about this one. When <laughs> I've always been the peacemaker and the nurturer and I've always been the mama (laughs) of my friend groups, of my siblings, and seeing God use those tendencies even before I was able to become a mother in the physical sense has been amazing to me because I, I got to be a mother in the spiritual sense Mm-hmm. to so many people through talking about what I had been through and what we as a couple had been through. That's really where I see God had this plan in mind for me <laughs> all along and how he used those gifts that he gave me to hopefully bring others closer to him and to make me a better mother when I finally was able to become a mom in the physical sense. Right. Yeah. It's always preparation. It's always a training ground. And and yeah, like you said, one day has finally come and here you are now. And just the fact that you were able to share this with so many people, whether it's people like myself who maybe aren't quite there yet. And and of course, Mm -hmm. you know, people who absolutely need to hear it. So thank you. My pleasure. Yeah. And Hannah, just as we close, would you mind leading us in a closing prayer? Of course. Wonderful. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Thank you, Hannah. God bless you, and thank you again so much. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you to Hannah Marks for joining me on the Feminine Genius Podcast today. Please be sure to check out Hannah's blog, littlewayofjoy.home.blog, and follow Hannah on Instagram, at littlewayofjoy. There you'll be able to read more of her heart and see super cute photos of her daughter, Amelia. I've left links to these in the episode description below. You can stay up to date with the Feminine Genius Podcast by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're at FemGeniusPod. And you can listen to this podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and many other platforms. All of this information can be found on our website, FeminineGeniusPodcast.com. We'll talk to you soon, and God bless always.